are so excited to share episode two of the Hot Goth Cast with you. This month we are talking all about sex toys and consent, and I promise you this is our steamiest and most fun episode yet, so get ready. But first, a little bit about us. We are Speak About It, a consent education and sexual assault prevention organization that brings our unique brand of pleasure-focused, inclusive, positive sex and consent education to thousands of students across the country each year. And Hot Goss is our popular Facebook Live series where we, once a month, dive deeper into all the different topics around sex and consent that you're told you shouldn't talk about, but you, like, totally should. And the Hot Goss cast is our all-audio podcast version of this series for your friends who aren't on social media, um, where we go extra in-depth with interviews and deep conversations about all the goss that we talk about. So definitely subscribe and check us out online at www.speakaboutitonline.com or on social media at We Speak About It. Okay, so now a little bit about this episode. Uh, One, it's amazing. It's my favorite. I know I already said that. During the episode, you're going to hear the audio from our Facebook Live interview with Gina Rourke, the owner of Nomia, a sexuality boutique in Portland, Maine. And Aranda and I are going to talk to her all about sex toys and consent and all the things she sees and talks about in her shop every day around those issues. And then, drumroll, for the second half of the episode, we are going to ask her all those like nitty gritty questions about what it's like to actually own a sex boutique because like how often do you get to interview someone with a job that cool you may notice towards the end of the episode that aranda's amazing laugh and his voice just like mysteriously disappears um sorry about that uh that's because we talked to gina for so long that we legit cut into another meeting that we scheduled three hours after our interview with Gina and Aranda had to go to that meeting and I tried to edit him like back in in post but it was like super weird like Gina and I would be talking and then I'd try to like splice a little Aranda laugh in there and it just it didn't work out so I'm so sorry that you'll be missing him in sort of like the last fourth of the episode but like definitely listen to the end the things that Gina had to say throughout the whole episode are amazing so without further ado Plug in your earbuds, pump up the volume in your car or the kitchen or wherever you are, and let's get the hot goss. Hot gossing, we are so excited about this episode. We Hi. also wore our um, L.L. Bean catalog vest. Matching the <laughs> <laughs> a lot of earth tones. And we are here to have a conversation about sex toys and consent. Mm -hmm. And who better to ask than Gina? Mm -hmm. So Gina, I'm going to let you introduce yourself and Mm -hmm. the store that we're in right now. So my name is Gina, and I actually left a PhD program to do this. I was on my way to becoming a... Yeah, I was on my way to becoming a um, faculty member someplace Mm -hmm. if I had succeeded. I was two chapters into my dissertation and said... I think I'll sell sex toys. Um, <laughs> but no, it was actually a much more serious um, mission was involved mm-hmm. in that. And yeah. where, um, so I sort of joke with my, what my research was, is I went from organizing and educating in the public to the private. Um, oh, so from the very inception, mm-hmm. so this was built as sort of a resource center mm-hmm. where we had body safe, you know, materials and toys and ingredients mm-hmm. and also function as sex educators first in a store second. Amazing. So, 
So Nomia, a sexuality boutique, yes. is your was born. PhD yes. dissertation exactly. Exactly. store. Yep. Um, so my first question is the first question I ask everybody on Hot mm-hmm. Goss, which is, why are we having this conversation? Why, why are we gossing? Why are we why? gossing today? <laughs> well, I think that's just like a big question mark in terms mm-hmm. of like sex toys and like and the place of sex toys and all of this. Okay. Um, in terms of our personal lives, I think that we do a lot. We say that we're uh, like pleasure focused sex ed and pleasure based sex ed. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's this huge realm of pleasure, right, in like sex toys and in exploring that. That a lot of people just like feel really intimidated by. They have no idea how to j- jump in. Um, and I think with that, even, like, how do I tell my partner that I want to use one of these toys, right? Um, and so I think this is kind of a perfect thing for us to be talking mm-hmm. about right. and figuring out how do we figure out what our boundaries are, how do we communicate that to a partner, and how do we find this whole new realm of potential pleasure for ourselves? Yeah. yeah. We'll frequently have folks come in for the first time, sometimes a lot, sometimes with a partner, sort of wanting to explore that, like, how do I have this conversation? So somebody's coming in by themselves, and they want to get a toy for their partner. Our first question is always going to be, have you all had that conversation? Mm. Have toys been, you know, a part of your, you know, the world before? Well, mm-hmm. I think with somebody else. Or, and then the more we can flesh that out in terms of conversation, mm-hmm. the better we can guide somebody to making a choice. And it's also not uncommon for us anyway to actually say to someone, you know, we really hope you actually can have that conversation. Maybe come back on a date night. Mm. Um, oh. So that's another Fun great way. It's everyone. a great date night <laughs> idea is to find if you know. And I'll we'll point out resource a little bit later about like some of the really cool sort of positive sex stores that are located around the country so mm-hmm. that wherever you are you mm-hmm. can find one we always sort of want to hesitate don't buy a toy until you've had that conversation mm-hmm. like that's actually mm-hmm. important for us mm-hmm. and that's also how our staff are trained cool. as I well I love that nice. yep and so my next question for you is I feel like at least in my upbringing and experience sex toys especially have always carried a lot of like cultural taboos mm-hmm. and I'm like where does that come from? Why do I feel like it's like such a hush hush thing? Mm-hmm. So I think that if we're looking at like sex for such a long time, it's been looked at as like it's for reproduction, right? It's supposed right. to be a reproductive thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Then of course it was like looked at as being shameful to like have a sex toy because like that's just like that's just, like, that's clearly about pleasure. Not, yeah, like, They're not just like exactly So I think like that's probably like at the root of it, right? Um, yeah. And then I think past that, I think there's a question of like feeling like you're um like enough, right? Like feeling like, like you're able to provide satisfaction really for your partner. Like if, so, like how do I tell my partner I want this other thing in our sex life without them feeling like they're not giving me what I want in my sex life? You know, and like. Right. And does that have to be, because maybe they're not, but, like, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Doesn't mean that they're bad at sex. Doesn't mean I'm not attracted to them. I just might want or need this other thing. Other things, right. Mm -hmm. And that's really difficult to negotiate, and I think it's really important to be able to try to raise that question. Mm -hmm. I would say, like, you know, it's, to a certain extent, when it comes to relationship dynamics, that's a bit above our pay grade, because Mm -hmm. if there's that kind of a discord in terms of, like, Mm -hmm. desires, and people are, like, if let's presume they're at the point where they're having a conversation, Mm -hmm. um, and those desires are not matching mm-hmm. um, at that point we sort of like one's hope is, is that that isn't always the case like not mm-hmm. everybody in an intimate partnership is always going to have the same desires all the time mm-hmm. maybe there's a way to sort of negotiate and navigate around that if it becomes a real issue that's what we tend to refer out mm-hmm. um, to other providers but I think is that something that you would do here if like yeah. someone came in and like needed some sort of resources yes. to make referrals yeah we have a that's network awesome. that's really yeah cool. we have a network of both mental and medical providers that we refer people awesome. out to I didn't um, know that they, either that's huge for yeah me. I sort of I jokingly refer to us as the first responders um, <laughs> on sexual matters because frequently people will that. come in and say stuff to us that they would not necessarily say to their partner um, and true. so we can sort of be there as a sounding board to sort of ask the questions, you know, sort of 
targeted questions to sort of help direct them to either if it is literature in the store that might be helpful, or if it is above our pay grade as educators, then we refer out. Um, I think you raise a really important point too. Is like, and we run into this a lot around the idea that like a toy is good where it's. I'm not enough. I'm not providing enough with my mm-hmm. partner, or they're not providing enough with me. Why do you have to have something that's extra? Mm-hmm. I sort of jokingly say, in the in the world out there, there are toy people and there are non-toy people. Their their relationship with their sexuality is much more focused on sort of natural sensation and touch, mm-hmm. and that's Very totally cool. You know, mm-hmm. it's like vive la différence. Mm-hmm. And then there are folks where the idea of having a toy um, seems like an intrusion, mm-hmm. um, and so we sort of navigate the lot that a lot in terms of like is there is it a sound is it that it's something extra is it that and i, I will say I've, I've run into this a lot where sometimes it's the idea of like some and particularly with heterosexual couples where a woman will know how she gets off mm-hmm. is having a hard time communicating that with her male partner and that mm-hmm. somehow you know it's sort of the myth of penis vagina intercourse as being mm-hmm. the be-all and end-all mm-hmm. um, so that can be sort of a, a place to sort of have that conversation or try mm-hmm. to and i've it's i've been doing this for long enough now to sort of see a huge change um, mm-hmm. with younger women which has been really exciting That's that cool. like it's a, like the first vibrator sale never gets old mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and to see a lot more self-confidence about that yeah. like you know what no I'm taking my pleasure seriously yeah. and I'm going to advocate for that and, and the truth is is like that's good for everybody. So. Oh, there's so much in there. I just talked to you forever. Um, but I'm going to, I, I think the conversation about needs and desires and, and navigating that ties directly into this conversation yep. about consent. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so my question about consent is sec- and sex toys is how do you navigate consent how do you when it that? comes to, how do you start that conversation, start conversation and then like what are the sort of intricacies about consent in that conversation, in that relationship, when you bring a new object into a I, relationship. And I think, and right there I would say, and that would be a first place I would say, mm-hmm. oh God, please don't do that. Um, mm-hmm. It's like, to just go into bringing something home mm-hmm. without it being introduced in the context of intimate um, connection mm-hmm. is actually going to really raise the stakes and make mm-hmm. it feel very uncomfortable if mm-hmm. that conversation had not been had. Uh, and so, so have the conversation first. have the conversation first um and mm-hmm. both with yourself like in sort of like all right kind of we're sort of talking a bit about masturbation at some point later on but i'm like masturbation is not just a physiological process it's also about fantasy and desire mm-hmm. and figuring out what you want and what yeah. you like um and also what you don't like and why so i would always sort of say when it comes to the world of toys don't do it in the context of being intimate or where you're really close do it in the context mm-hmm. where you're out on a walk or you're doing something where you're walking side by side mm-hmm. or over coffee Mm-hmm. Um, but something where it's not going to feel quite so charged. Yeah. And it could be just really playful, too. It's like, so, have you ever thought about a toy? Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Yeah. Um, and just and, and if you have a hard time saying that alone in the context, then the other thing, like with masturbation, you practice on your own. So practice speaking on your own. I am mm-hmm. a huge fan of that one alone, too. So, like, go on a walk by yourself. You want to have this conversation. You want to introduce it. Go on a walk and hear yourself say those words. Mm-hmm. And as you say those words, if you know his belly, you know, like the butterflies in the belly, mm-hmm. that's something to pay attention mm-hmm. to. And mm-hmm. sort of like, oh, why does this feel so... And that that's a good way to sort of earn your own confidence in terms of speech. And that's awesome, too, because it gives you a chance to also play around with different wording. To yes. be like, oh, I said this thing, and that does not sound like me. It did not like that. So, like, cool, let me try it in this other way. Right. And you can really figure out, like, all right, cool, like, this feels like the type of thing that I would say and that I want to talk about, but, like, this doesn't seem like it is, mm-hmm. you know? Right, and it becomes and, more embodied speech, yeah. too, because the more you practice it, the mm-hmm. easier it is to say out loud, like, it's a... It's the difference between saying, I think I might want a nipple clamp, and just like, oh my god, it would be really, really hot if we, like, they were pinching 
levels. That would be great. Yeah. And so that is able to sort of like, and and it's totally, you know, my heart is open for anyone who's coming from that nervous, vulnerable space. Mm -hmm. But it's also fun to sort of go on your own when you're practicing your speech about what you would want to introduce, what kinds of things you might want to explore to be able to sort of say that out loud and sort of embody that in your own Mm -hmm. flesh. Cool. It seems like a lot of the tools that we talk about when it comes to consent, sans toys, practicing what language works for you. Is yes. yeah, <laughs> is sort of the key to like yep. beginning these conversations, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that the, being lis- listening and being open to people's desires mm-hmm. yeah. is the other side of that coin. Yeah. So, my follow up question was about pressure and coercion in this conversation because obviously consent doesn't happen when there's pressure or coercion, exactly. and so exactly. I'm wondering if that's something you see in interactions in the store, or you hear about in conversations about toys. The reason I'm pausing is because mm-hmm. I'm trying, like, I, my brain immediately goes to examples that I can't discuss for obvious yep. reasons. Yep. And, I mean, to a certain extent, um, because we are, we say we're working with someone, we will mm-hmm. try to always encourage, like, if somebody, so for example, in here, I will say, is, is not quite as excited to be here as mm-hmm. the other person, mm-hmm. um, we will focus our attention on the person who's not quite excited to be here mm-hmm. as far as mm-hmm. listening to them and mm-hmm. sort of seeing where they're at. And like, as that, and that way for us, it's a way of validating them and sort of saying, we see you, mm-hmm. we hear you, we, you know, and that not necessarily giving the person who's sort of like being much more boisterous about it. But it's hard because it's like it's not our job to intervene in couples dynamics. Mm-hmm. So we have to be, it's a very delicate line, especially mm-hmm. since we are having access to um intimate conversations without any broader context mm-hmm. right? at all. Right. Um, I, think that really, I think that feels really interesting to our work also, though, because I think that like sometimes we have conversations about um, how do you know how far you're supposed to be going in, like, in a sexual interaction, right. and being like, you go as far as like the person that's least comfortable is able to go, right? And you go at, like, at that speed. Right. right? So like, if we're right. trying to keep everyone happy and safe, mm-hmm. you really have to like, listen to the person that is like, giving some of that resistance. So. Right, and I think the key, too, is like when it comes to, like, there's not just consent of, like, okay, I'm here. I don't consider that consent. Mm-hmm. I want to see enthusiastic Enthusiastic, yeah. yeah. That would yeah. be the key. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, and this would be a tip if people are wanting to start that conversation, so we already started one with practice your words, mm-hmm. but the other one is like when I sort of pulled up my little resources of stores mm-hmm. around, is to actually go in with your partner or sort of explore, mm-hmm. would you be interested in just going in? We don't have to buy anything, mm-hmm. just walk around. Would that mm-hmm. be okay? And then that can help also walk in and go, is this all right, is it not? Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, you know, preferably to be a, that's also comfortable really... space, but you're not pressured to buy anything. You're not, you know, you're not going on a mission. But it's just like, what does it feel like to be here? Mm-hmm. That's really huge, also, because in doing that, it gives someone an opportunity to see what even exists, right? right? Mm-hmm. If you're talking to someone, like even someone that's excited, they might not know like all of the all things of that exist. Things, right. And so to like mm-hmm. walk in, and be like, there's no pressure. We're not going to buy anything. We're just going to like do a lap. Yes. Right? Then yes. that gives you an opportunity to be like, oh, you know that thing that we saw, like. I'm intrigued, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, I would, and we see that a lot, and actually it's mm-hmm. also part of the training. It's like frequently people do come in and sort of do a quick round and then go and discuss. And then we might even mm-hmm. see them like two weeks later, a week mm-hmm. later, maybe the same night, Classy. you know? And then that's another cool. way yeah. to sort of facilitate that conversation without there being a commitment. Mm-hmm. And again, having it not be, again, in those intimate, I think that's, I don't know what you all run across. Mm-hmm. I think in, for what we run across, where the trouble lies is when people try to have these conversations in intimate context without mm-hmm. having that beforehand. That's where you get yeah. in yeah. trouble. Well, we are huge advocates for the pants-on yes, conversation. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, we're yeah. going to copyright it. <laughs> 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 yep. We just did a Twitter chat where I used that 
um, we were talking with Astroglide, and they were like, oh, pants-on conversation, oh, that's careful. brilliant. Yes, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> Trademark. <laughs> I was like, that's ours. Exactly, now. You're like, take the information, we'll keep the name. Um, but I love it that yeah. it's a similar principle. I yeah. also, I what you were talking about in the context of going slow and like letting someone just sort of look around and yeah. like touch stuff if they want, is it feels to me like a situation that, you could say no in. Exactly. And that is something we talk a lot about is right. building a situation in a, in, in a relationship where no is also a possibility. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's full steam ahead, like, let's get to it, let's get it now, I'm so excited, I'm so hot. Like, yeah. it can be really hard to say no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I love that. Can yeah. I do one quick thing? Because yes. we're talking about going to stores. So here we are in Portland, Maine. We don't yeah. even have e-commerce. We're really lame. I'm a horrible <laughs> capitalist. Um, <laughs> and so I'm holding this up here, which hopefully people can read. So here are oh, some yeah. resources out there. So wonderful blogger, um, Redhead Bedhead, um, the superhero sex shops. She did this fabulous blog entry. So if you just Google superhero, all one word, sex shops, you will find a link to um, her write-up where she toured sex stores across the country and sort of picked out who the best were and did a really nice description. There's also the Progressive Pleasure Club, mm-hmm. and that is a network of, and we're a member, of a bunch of feminist mission-driven stores across the country. Um, and those might be places, too, because if you don't have a store there, you can also check out some of the stores online and maybe use that as a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always good vibes in Babeland, who's mm-hmm. been around forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can be a, another way to sort of look at products, have a conversation, but again, maybe over coffee on the somewhere outside. Mm-hmm. So I want to close yes. with a fun visual question, because okay. you brought some, some treats. So, Gina, what is your favorite thing or things that you sell at Nomia? So... We don't believe in favorites because ah. everybody's different, mm-hmm. with one exception. <laughs> the one product that I am completely devoted to and would never not have and sell a lot of is lube. Yay, lube. Lubricant. So, lubrication. Woo. Everything goes better with lube. Um, <laughs> you can have many different kinds for different types of activities. Um, quickly, we sort of always do this little PSA, and this is something we might want to talk about more in depth mm-hmm. later. Um, so there's water base, there's mm-hmm. silicone, there's oil-based, which is good only if you are in a fluid-bonded relationship. Obviously, if latex barriers are involved, you cannot use oil. Hmm. Um, and what we call hybrids, which is silicone and water. Um, silicone is a fantastic lube. A dab will do you. It goes forever. It has a consistency of like a thin oil, uh, but it will stain absolutely everything in sight. Um, and it is not the most toy-friendly, so we focus on medical-grade silicone toys, and so those two do not go together. Um, hybrids obviously give you a bit of the best of both worlds with water. They last a bit longer um, and are still toy safe. Mm-hmm. And then water-based, if there's one, it's when I, where I train my staff where I think it takes the longest, the training, is on lube itself because mm-hmm. there's so many different ingredients, issues for skin sensitivities that some mm-hmm. people may have. Mm-hmm. If people are prone to yeast infections or UTIs or bacterial vaginosis, um, you, certain ingredients you want to stay away from. Glycerin is the most common culprit. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're... It's a longer conversation, but if you are prone to yeast infections, UTIs, or what have you, you want to stay away from any kind of lubrication that has glycerin in it. Um, glycerin can help facilitate infections. I will get in trouble for this probably, but <laughs> the people who make KY lubes and they are loaded with glycerin are also the same people who make monostat. Might oh, think that's about that. fascinating. But if you want to learn more about lube, and this is another one, I love this article, so just Google ASEC. That stands for the American Association of Sexuality Educators, Counselors, and Therapists. ASEC and lubricants, and you will be directed mm-hmm. to a fantastic article that will introduce you to the world of lube. 
I'm so excited. We cool. love resources. We love <laughs> lube. <laughs> we love lube. We're so excited. We're going to do a whole episode on lube in the future. Lube. Yeah. So maybe we'll have you back. I was going to say, lube is a thing. Yes. Um, thank you so much, thank Gina. And, and if you have any questions for yes. Gina and you tuned in later or whatever, throw them up on the comment section and we'll try to get them uh, answered. Yeah. And if you have any really pressing questions and you are located in Portland, Maine, mm-hmm. uh, stop on by. <laughs> See yeah, Dina and her staff at Nomia. So Yay. thank you, Hot Gosling. Good night. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Don't go away, friends. The second part of our conversation with Gina from Nomia is coming up next. It's full of LOLs and lots of juicy details, and we hope you'll love it. Check it out. Welcome back, Hot Gosling. Um, I'm here with Arande. Yay! Yay! Hello. And our good friend Gina, Hello. proprietor of Nomia, a sexuality boutique here in Portland, Maine. And we are going to be continuing the conversation that we started on Facebook Live, all about sex toys and consent. And we're going to be asking just some of the curious questions that we have just about your experience uh, with the shop. Okay. Cool. Yay. Yay. Let's do it. Let's do it. So my first question for you is, I think it's so neat that your shop has a mission. Yes. And I'm wondering what that mission is. The space was envisioned, um, and it's actually interesting because when I opened it, I didn't have any knowledge of all of the um, folks I was following who had been doing this work Mm. before. So I kind of came in with a blank slate, and I was imagining a um, space believing that pleasure is a birthright and that um, to have a space that could nurture everyone um, to be able to explore their own sexual selves, their identity, their desires. It could also function as a referral service for medical and mental health practitioners mm-hmm. where warranted that we focused on um, toys that were body safe um, and also that we were educators first because my past is as an educator. Um, and so that's what actually called me to this work. So education first, sales second. Mm-hmm. I would much rather, and sort of this is the ethos that really informs the store and also the, all of the training, is I'd much rather have a conversation with somebody for 20 minutes and have them walk out having not purchased mm. anything, mm-hmm. and have them just sort of ponder, think about it. And if we see them again, great. If we don't, that's okay. Maybe there was a door opened there. Mm-hmm. So in the absence of comprehensive sexuality education, here we are to help pick up some of the pieces. There's something that's so personal and so holistic about that that is like oftentimes overlooked. So like looking at like pleasure as a birthright, right? That yes. like that each and every one of us has our own like personal journey of pleasure and figuring out how do we get to that. And that looks like these were sometimes a referral out, right? Like figuring out like how can I get my mind and my body to be more aligned? Or it sometimes looks like education, like cool, like what book can I read? What things do I need right. to think about? That's really huge just to be able to go to a store and be able to like pull on these different aspects of your own like personal identity. Yeah. My first six months in business, it was like a high. Because every day and, and it still actually is this way, like maybe it's a stressful day in the store, maybe I'm, you know, unhappy unpacking so many boxes of stuff. Um mm-hmm. But I know every single day that when I leave that we helped make somebody's life good and we made mm. people happy. And there are not that many jobs that actually give you that mm-hmm. sense of reward. And it's a very humbling, joyous thing. I feel really honored that we're still here after 15 years. So, yeah, that's yeah. huge. That's so cool. Yay. That's so, so cool. And this conversation about the language um, around oh, sex yep. toys and sex stores, and I was sort of like, is there a way to refer to sex toys that isn't just like sex toys because I know people use sex toys for so many different things right Mm -hmm. and 
I was sort of as a professional in the field, you have like thoughts about like what do we call sex toys? What do mm-hmm. we call sex toys? Any ideas? Mm-hmm. Marandre, do you have thoughts? Well, I was just thinking like so the only I think addition I have is just looking at that for some people, um, some of the items that you might find in the sex store, like they're not right. toys, right? They're not like exactly. a supplement, they're like for something that's like critical and like part of them in their lives, right? So if it's like affirming the gender or if it's just something that like I don't know, like physiologically, like some people aren't able to produce lubrication for themselves as much. And, like, really, right. like, they, like, need lube. It's not something they just, like, want to use. So, like, sometimes, like, toy might not feel like the right term in those cases. And right. so that's, I think, where the question came from. Mm. Right. And I think as far as, like, the stores go, and I sort of was, I jokingly said uh, with another colleague, it was, like, it's not actually sexy to put on the store Nomi, a sexuality resource center, even <laughs> though that's more like what we are. Mm-hmm. Um, so sexuality boutique was a way for us to have that sort of, like, a more sort of open and inclusive Mm-hmm. way of using it but other stores I know who even are like us and mission driven may use the language of sex toys quite explicitly in their store but what mm-hmm. happens within the shop is different mm-hmm. um, so for example we do have both you know we do have items that would not be considered toys per se mm-hmm. in fact actually calling that um, could actually be really um, invalidating Mm. with somebody's identity in terms of how they're exploring, like mm-hmm. living and inhabiting in this world. Um, mm-hmm. I'm thinking of Packers, for example, um, mm-hmm. specifically for trans men. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for putting names to that. I think I like, yeah. just like, alluded vaguely, so thank you for Yeah, yeah so for that. Packers, yeah. and there's a variety of different kinds of Packers out there. There's um, And there's also STP, which are stand-to-P devices, which we have, you know, 15 years of doing this work, we have, it has been customers of a whole bunch of stripes um, who have taught us to be better at what we do without mm-hmm. people's input, without their sharing their experiences and what they think works and what doesn't, mm-hmm. um, we wouldn't be as good as what we do. So when it comes to like STP devices in particular, it's actually been customers who taught me where to refer people to, um, like wow. where are the best devices, where are the best things, because we don't really have access to them in our normal chains of ordering and distribution. The philosophy that informs what we do is always centered around that sort of collective exchange. It's sort of packaged in these little intimate moments over the years but all of them put together is what makes this place what it is i love that it's a really interesting reframing of like the in a retail model like the customer always knows best is like what you say to give people good customer service but like this this idea that the (laughs) store actually knows what they want and you're sort of like adjusting that to be like i have a lot of information and resources and i'm happy to answer your questions but you actually know best. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, ultimately, every yeah. single individual is their own best sex expert mm-hmm. at the end of the day, especially, like, as they go on their journey. Um, and we're here to sort of answer questions about that, um, mm-hmm. offer ideas, suggestions, tips. Um, so, yeah, no, it's, I, when your education is a collective venture, it's a project. Amazing. So, it's mm-hmm. a yay, yeah. I love that. Okay, so, friends. Yes. Mm-hmm. Story time. I want to know, what was the first time you went to a sex store, and what's the story? Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> Who wants right. to go first? I will do it. Okay, do it. I will jump in right. some ways because it also informs what we do here. Um, wow. So I was in Provincetown on a writing retreat, mm-hmm. and Provincetown has some, a lot of really cool stores. Um, and I decided, okay, I'm not in a town where I live, mm. which was key mm-hmm. for me. Um, and I walked into a store, and I was on a mission to get a dildo. And there was, and it was actually really, it was a nice store, well-lit, um, there were a couple of couples there. There was one guy working, and I was terrified, absolutely terrified. <laughs> and I'm sure that he read it really, really well um, because <laughs> he was like, it "Did the one? Can I help you? Out? No, can't help me. Can't help me at all." I'm, no one can help me. No, <laughs> I'm beyond. I'm beyond. And I didn't, you know, so I had no ideas on how to choose. Even though I'm sure, had I asked, he would have provided them. Um, and I just sort of pointed at one on the shelf, and I was like. 
Um, and so he got it for me, and we're at the register, and it's that point at the register where you're, like, making this commitment. It was totally, I still can feel the nerves. And he said, would you like some lube with that? No! <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> Um, I made my purchase. I ran out. As soon as I hit the street, I was like, oh, my God. I felt so proud of myself. Mm -hmm. I was so incredibly proud of myself. Mm -hmm. I was like, look what I did. I'm like 30. And I, (laughs) you know, but yes. And went, and I will just tell you, like, the first time I explored with it, he was on my mind because (laughs) I should have gotten lube. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a good lesson. It was a always lube is always good. Comes full circle. It does. And it was it was a great experience, and it was funny because it was such a transformative experience Mm -hmm. that I actually had it in my brain Mm -hmm. for two years leading up to what eventually became Nomia because I was like, what a fun thing to do. One, and so I think like that moment it started composting in my brain of like, how would I put this together? And a bunch of other life circumstances came together where that is what happened. Very cool. Lo and behold. So oh, yeah, my first toy led to this. <laughs> be careful wow. buying be toys careful. you might open it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you, buy, you buy a sex toy and it changes your life. <laughs> <laughs> you buy one toy, you buy the whole store. Exactly. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, that's great. All right, who's next? Yours, yours. Uh, I'll, I've, I've heard Aranda's and it's it's good. So can I, I save the best for last for you? So mine is like not a, not a super positive happy story um i know that in canada i had like walked into like a condom sense type like Mm. condom something it was like a punny name on condom something or other and like i think i blacked out as soon as i walked in i was like i don't know so i was 14 years old i was like way in over my head and so i don't remember that but i remember being horrified of sex stories since that moment and I was an, an, a full-blown adult, like 22, 23, and it was Central Square, Massachusetts, or Boston, Massachusetts, mm. um, Cambridge, Massachusetts. And I don't, it, like, the one in Central Square? I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to think, who was there? Hubba Hubba? Uh, yes. Oh, my God. Hubba Hubba. Hubba Hubba. Like, I'm sure is a great place. I don't know, but I just have this association mm. with but, sex stores. But that is a first store as an adult. Okay, so for those who don't know Hubba Hubba, it's great. I don't even know if they're still in business, I but it's a lot of leather and cake. So oh. much. So, so is yes. it like it's heavy on leather and cake yes. and rubberware and fetish? And yes. as a first store, I could see that would be really. This is so affirming for mm-hmm. me, Gina, I can see that because being scary. I walk in and, like, my memory, I'm just like, it was bright and shiny and there's neon and leather and whips. And I'm like, hey. Yep. Oh, like, yep. Pretty new to like having good sexual interactions, and my partner at the time, my boyfriend at the time, was like, "Let's get some some. I think it was like bondage tape, or like, don't you want to try some rope, or like, how oh, about wow. handcuffs?" And I was like, still just trying to get over still trying to process the fact right. that the last time I walked into a sex store, I blacked out. Oh so my like, God. it was not great. Yeah. Did you know going in what it was? I, d- I like yeah I think like hu- the, I like knew I was like okay it's a sex store like it, I'm a did feminist. you know it was bondage kink related I think I just thought it w- I think I thought that all sex stores Probably were bondage oh okay yeah, yeah I got it mm-hmm. yeah I got it okay interesting and so it was like it took me quite a while to like go into another one and be like I do this yeah fascinating all right well mine I had to have been either seventeen or eighteen eighteen. New to college, new to this adult <laughs> world. And we had this uh, this friend who was so sweet. I will not use her name, but this very sweet friend who was this, like, very wholesome Midwestern girl. Um, and we loved...
love to ask her personal questions. <laughs> like, it's, like, a little bit just to, like, push us out of her comfort zone and just, yeah. She's, like, our friend that would always be like, what do you think of this? And, like, knowing it would shock her. Um, and she had this boyfriend, um, and she was saying how hard it was being away from him and that she missed him and all these things. And so eventually the conversation moved to, like, sex toys. Like, oh, like, well, do you have a dildo? Like, do you have a vibrator? Yeah. Um, and she did not. And so we're like, cool, field trip. We rented a car. <laughs> Google sex shops. Um, and then ended up finding one here. So oh, that was the first sex shop. It was I, us. Yes. Oh my goodness. <gasps> yes. I did not know this. Yes. Oh my goodness. The first sex shop I went, that was 2011, I think. No, no, 2007. It was like a little after you opened. Oh, oh no, that's Maybe, so I, exciting. Yeah. And I so had we, no idea. Oh, yeah. And so, so we came here. Um, we walk in. It's just, like, a kid in a candy store, but also, like, have no idea what any of the candy is. <laughs> so, like, we send my friend over. So she's looking at, like, for those of you that can't see, there's, like, just, like, a wall of phalluses. <laughs> like, um, so, like, she's kind of over there, and then I see this all this lube. And I'm like, cool, like, what even is lube? And so, like, sit down, and I'm just, like, like a child in a sandbox, just, like, touching a bunch of different lubes and tasting lubes. And to note, there aren't any chairs in the store, so you sat on the floor? sat on the floor, yes. Cool, like cool, 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 cool. Yes. Did you get yelled at for that? No. Oh, you must have been the only ones in the store. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. So I'm like, yeah it was just us. There's protocol. What happened? I just, like, sat on the floor touching a bunch it. of lubes and tasting them <laughs> and, like, found out that apparently, like, for a vibrator, like, a good test is, like, hold it on your nose and so, like, all of us, like, holding them on our noses trying to figure out if it's too sensitive. Oh. Yeah, and so that was the first experience. And, like, and my friend had a great time, and, like, it was really positive for her. For me, and so, like, same thing. Like, my my first experience in the sex shop or sex toy shop was awesome. I was like, cool, there's books. There's, like, people that want to help you. They're, like, teaching me information. So, like, I had a really great first experience. And so I feel like I, like, always was telling people, like, oh, we should go to the sex toy shop, right? You're going to make me cry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I think that's what, and I think that really, like, informed a lot of my, like, older intimate life and my relationship to, like, sex toy shops because I was, like, I had a great first experience. I so, I, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Magic. Oh. 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 oh, my God. Get the tissues. For the listening audience, all the eyes are glistening. Oh. This is like a celeb sighting for you. It is. This is it like really a big is. deal. Yeah. This Who would have exciting. known that, like, a little bit over a decade later that, like, I'd be, like, sitting here, like, interviewing in here. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Clock off is magic. Which is also great because people don't know, but right when we got in, the first thing I did was like go and like start touching lubes, and I tasted a lube today. So yeah, it's for true. anyone wondering, I did taste lube today. Yeah. <laughs> and there are some tasty ones. So, all right, we're going to, so like on the vein of that, we're going to like ask what happens when somebody first walks in. So right. say Catherine and I, we're fresh off the streets and we wander in. Fresh <laughs> off the street. It's a totally normal way of saying that. Fresh <laughs> <laughs> off the streets, we come in. Um, what happens? Someone walks in, and what is your interaction? Like, for, can you tell that they're new, that it's the first time in a sex shop? Can do you ask any particular questions? Like, what does it look like for those that, like, don't know what it's like to walk into a sex toy shop? Okay. This is actually, it mm -hmm. goes back to my education background, and mm -hmm. um, I was a labor historian. That was my training. Mm -hmm. And one of the things about organizing and doing any kind of community organizing in general and the rule is you meet people where they are at, not where you think that they should be. Mm. So for yeah. everybody who works here, we actually do role-playing when I'm training staff. Here's sort of the basics. Somebody walks in the door, and the staff person will just do a very simple nod. Not a big, hey, how you doing? Because that would scare the shit out of me mm -hmm. um, and a lot of people. So it's just a very sort of simple acknowledgement. And then we let the person like give us the cues about what they're here for, what they're not. Some folks, it may be their first time in, and they may just go, 
try and turn their backs to us and go look at the books because if you you know we're, you visually can't see it, but when you walk in. Um, the mass of the store would be to your right, but to your left is a whole wall of books. So we actually very deliberately, when I set it up, set it up so that when somebody walks in, they can happily turn their backs to us and be in the safe zone of literature so that they can have some moments to become, okay, I'm in this story. All right, I'm here. Okay. I was, I did a role playing with one of my employees years ago. And I played that customer who I'd seen many times, and I had to get into character. Um, and it was humbling for myself to actually do it, to remember what that's like. Mm. And so that's the other key for staff is that we, you know, our little story about what was the first experience like is when I'm training staff, you know, I'm, I'm guilty of it. I've done it. I know probably every single one of my staff members have done it, where our comfort zones go through the roof. Mm-hmm. So it's really easy for us to forget what it was like the first time you walked in. Um, so it is sort of important to keep that as your baseline until that person who walked in the door tells you otherwise. That's huge. And honestly, like, I'm sure that my friend that we were bringing to the sex shop um, would have flipped. If, like, if anyone like, looked at her too much, like talked to her right. too much, that she would really flip out. And so like, I think that's a really wonderful mm-hmm. approach. Those that are comfortable here, like they know they can just, like, go up and approach because uh, right. someone acknowledged them. But those that aren't comfortable, they can like, take a second, like breathe, compose yeah, themselves. Right. That, like, the job for the person who's on duty is to, above all else, maintain the neutrality of the store mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. of the space. Especially when it gets crowded, that can be a little difficult, but um, so that everybody can feel like they can walk in. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, yeah, people give you different cues. Some people yeah. will walk in, they're on a mission, you can tell, okay, you're here for loot. Others like, <gasps> and, and my favorite, and I've had this on a number of occasions, where somebody will walk in and it's, all right, I'm here. I'm here for my first toy. And they're saying it with such like, I took everything I could to get in the door and I'm here yeah. and yes, I'm going to do it. And I love those. Like, oh. it's just like, I, I mean, I love working with everybody, but yeah. it's just like when you see that person who's coming in for the first time yeah, and they've just, they're like, I'm on a mission <laughs> and I'm like, good for you. <laughs> what are some of the questions, you know, someone walks in the door and they're like, I don't even know where to start. Right. What are some of the questions that you or your staff might ask them to kind of get that? Mm. And not out of them, but that conversation flowing. The training is really extensive for Mm -hmm. staff. And so frequently what will happen is we will ask a bunch of focusing questions Mm. because the space has tons of toys everywhere. It's sensory overload, especially Mm. if you haven't been in here before, that it can be like, oh, my God, shiny things. Um, So asking very specific questions like, well, what kind of thing were you thinking about? Were you thinking something for external usage or for internal usage? Is mm. this your first toy? Have you had one before? So there's a couple of just generalized questions. And especially, like, it's wonderful if somebody comes in and actually asks. I think the trickier part mm-hmm. is when somebody comes in and they don't ask. Mm. And how do we start the conversation? Right. Um, right. So, yeah, staff is trained. And we actually do this, like, literally, like, they when I'm training them, they have in their notebooks the order of questions that you ask. Oh, cool. And they'll come up with, everybody who works here over the years has come up with their own spin on it. Like, I've got my particular language or jokes or my one-liners that I think I've used way too much, and I'm always, like, searching for new material. Um, <laughs> and everybody who works here comes up with their own. It's what we, like, in the biz inside house, and we're giving away secrets. Um, <laughs> we call them Find Your Quick and Dirties. Mm. Yeah. Um, find Your Quick and Dirties, because also we don't want to, like, staff is heavily trained in terms of the breadth of human sexuality, and that training is ongoing because mm-hmm. of the nature of what we do. Um, but in the interactions with customers, they need to have that background so mm-hmm. that they can go there if that's what a customer wants. 
but what's more important is to come up with these short, condensed things mm-hmm. to just start. So people get 40 hours of training to start, but then, and this is true for all of the folks who've worked here for experience, you know, extended amount of time, it usually takes at least six months to a year for even the staff to start to feel fully embodied in doing the work because wow. there's so much to learn. There's so many different kinds of dynamics um, that you can run into because we serve people from 18 to 80s. Um, That's also really good to hear that, like, for folks that maybe don't feel comfortable in, like, this environment, to realize, like, even the professionals, like, it takes a while for them to get comfortable. Can I tell you a funny story? Like, the first day I was open to the public, anybody who came back after the first six months in the public, I, because I had the worst contact anxiety. Mm -hmm. I so wanted to do well, and I was still so scared and new myself. Um, that I, you know, and God bless those customers who kept coming back because I think like I was, I was a hot mess. <laughs> so yeah, no, we're human and we make mistakes. I love and that. also yeah. staff is trained when we make mistakes about how to say, you know what? I'm really sorry. Let me dial that back yeah. and try something different. So oh, yeah, it's all about forgiveness and relationship building. It's, it's so important about it. It's yeah. all about that. Okay. More story time. Okay. Do you have any favorite stories from the store that you can tell without like belying your customer's privacy. Right. Well, yeah. and that's kind of like, it's it's interesting, so it gives me a moment to say. Yeah. We are like, you know, the clergy. What <laughs> happens, or we can do the Vegas rules. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Yeah. Um, but there have been occasions where things that people, I mean, it's a fun place to be, you know, also. Yeah. Like, there are a lot of folks where people are just having a good time. And people can be pretty freaking hilarious yeah um so there have been moments where it was so good i had to say oh my god can i have that story you know frequently when we ask and some people like oh my god yeah and we're so like, there will be no identifiers we promise there'll be no ways to figure out who it is so one of my favorites this is very quick i almost wanted to turn it into a bumper sticker <laughs> was we had just introduced our vegan condom selection a couple comes in and the dude looks at them and goes vegan condoms what the fuck is that where are the bacon ones oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Oh no! A carnivore's condom. <laughs> we gotta eat this condom whole. <laughs> that was good. It's just like that was pretty funny. Um, and he was very proud of himself too. Oh he thought God, he was, he was yeah, he was quite happy. Um, and then another one of my favorites, which I got, which is so good. So there's these things called smart balls. Oh, they're Kegel exercisers. So there's these two little balls, and mm-hmm. inside them, um, it's basically what Benoit balls wish they could be. Oh yeah, yeah, so yeah. So there's yeah. two connected balls. There's balls inside them, so that when you shake them, if you're holding them in your hand, mm-hmm. they they um, offer sort of a rumbling sensation. In the yeah, hand. yeah, yeah. So if they're worn vaginally, they're really good for doing one's pelvic floor exercises. Oh. Um, but the fun thing about these is that they also rest against the G spot, so they can also be a fun dancing accessory. So, wow. a guy, so they're good for sexual health as well as pleasure. Kegels mm-hmm. are really good. Do your kegels. Um, but a guy came in and he bought them. And well, I heard the story afterwards. He had come in previously, but then they came in together a while later. And then she had pointed to them and she had said, oh, yeah. And she was smiling. And apparently what had happened was he had purchased them for her. And then on a Saturday morning said, okay, babe, go put those in. She goes, she puts them in. And then he takes her out on the Harley on every <gasps> cobblestone street in Portland. Oh, oh no. And she was just grinning ear to ear. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's a constant, like, fun time. It, what's, oh. uh, like, the sitting on the um, spin cycle wishes it could be. Yeah, yeah. so not an oh, so, no, but an oh, Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> it was very much an oh, yes. Other thoughts for you, since so, I'm just, like, so interested in, like, you, Gina, as a human being in the world, I'm kind of curious, what are some of the reactions that people have when you tell them what you do for a living? 
it's interesting because I think in the beginning I was really nervous because mm. I was still finding my own space yeah, yeah, in yeah. terms of being embodied in the work. And I remember being at a friend's wedding in Connecticut uh-huh. and I'd been doing this for about a year and I was like, oh my God, I'm nervous like people. You yeah. know, this was a very sort of like in a social environment with folks who I had no idea how they would react and how they would respond. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was, that was, you know, quite honestly, a moment of me still feeling nervous and not sure how to talk about what I did. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that I would call it shame necessarily, but certainly mm-hmm. insecurity of like, what will people think? What will mm-hmm. they say? How will they react? How do I manage this? And I finally got over that. So I think early on in the, like, I think within the first two years, I finally came up with a way where people say, what is it that you do for a living? And I will actually preface it so that it helps get, and this is, you know, it's objectively true, but it helps soften the back end as I say (laughs) (laughs) no puns I don't even know what puns are anymore (laughs) but anyway um as I will start off by saying well I'm a sexuality educator um and I own a retail store where we sell it's sort of like and then that way it sort of goes in they like conversation they can make the the connection connection. but they also get it so that they because I want to sort of get people thinking I think one it's it helps put off that sort of first assumption of like old school adult stores of the blacked out buildings, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. the blacked out windows rather, um, and also is a way to introduce to that person that there's a different way of doing this. Yeah. Um, and and by and large, the response is always positive. Cool. Um, and I have a funny story with this. <gasps> I am very involved in dog rescue. I have cattle dogs. I love my dogs. Oh, neat. And, um, and it was in 2014. There was a massive puppy mill seizure in Mississippi. I went down for five days supposedly to help out with like over 60 dogs at this shelter in this tiny rural community in Mississippi. It never even occurred to me going down there of where I was going Yeah. and what I do for a living. I was just going to work at the shelter and help the dogs. Right. Um, and I was there for like three days and I remember being asked out for dinner by the nice ladies who were volunteers of the Aww. board. <laughs> Um, and we're sitting at the dinner, and then suddenly, like, one of those is, so, so Gina, what do you do for a living? All of my assumptions about the South, mm-hmm. of, like, Bible Belt, conservative, everybody looked at me, and I, I, had a, I had a complete deer in headlights look in my face. And I sat there going, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Internally, I'm like, holy shit, what do I say? Oh, my, they're going to drive me out of town. Right. They don't want me here. Like, oh, no, what do we do? And the lady next to me goes, oh, she sells porn. Trying to be funny, I think. I don't know. And I actually was like, okay, that's, I guess, that's my, that's my entry. And I said, well, actually, yeah, that is what I do. <laughs> Everybody at the table, and they, so it went dead silent. I said, no, I, I don't know. And I told them what I did for a living. And everyone laughed their asses off. Aww. That same woman who was like, oh, she sells porn, was running toy party business in Mississippi. Yes. And so it was like, it was like, oh, that's right, because of course they're not going to, right. that's the other side of the industry where it's like, we don't talk about it. Right. But we'll have those little tickle little parties. parties. In the home. Yeah. So, so yeah, they were yeah, making, yeah. yes. She's so, doing the work with the tools that she's got. With the tools that she's got in yeah. the place that she is. Yeah, and yeah, it was yeah. a really hilarious moment. And what's oh. even better is like, at the shelter the next day, every single person at the shelter, because that's how small the town was, knew what I did for a living. Everybody started asking me questions in quiet moments yes. when they could. It was hilarious and fantastic. <laughs> I love that. So it was good. Word gets out. It does. Oh, word gets It reminds me, the there's this Netflix series, Sex Education. I don't know if you've watched it. I watched it, it yes. I'm, I'm curious. I will dig into that's your thoughts. That's another time. Yeah, but yes. like that idea of like in that 
don't want to say repressed environment, but in that environment where there's sort of a tight-lipped nature about sex and sexuality, right. when word gets out that someone has answers, all of a sudden... Everybody goes. You're the beacon. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. so interesting. Yeah. And it, it's cool. It's, it's true. Well, and yeah. yeah, and it helps facilitate conversations. Um, mm-hmm. Some of them were hilarious and yeah. awesome and also busted my preconceived notions yeah. about what was going on. My final question okay. for you, and this is my favorite question, because it's about dreams. <laughs> Sex dreams, if you will. Um, if money were no object, what would you do with Nomia? What are your dreams and your vision for the store? I've had folks who have been in who have, you know, because Maine is such a tourist hub. Mm-hmm. And so I've had a number of folks here, also folks who are in the field who may be visiting and having taught yeah. classes or coming through. Who have been to a bunch of other stores across the country, and every time they come in here, they're like, "I've never seen anything like what you've done here," Aww. which is always like really, especially yeah. when it's coming from folks who've seen. I'm like, "Oh my god, thank you." Yeah. Hi. Um, but what I also know is that there are very, very few resources like this across the country. Mm-hmm. Um, like while we're part of a network, the vast majority of them are in big cities, not yeah. in smaller communities. Yeah. Um, if money were no object. Let the love spread. Yeah. Happily train people. Yeah. Build them up. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, hell, if I could turn it into a nonprofit type of an institution, that would be exciting. Yeah. Um, I would, you know, it's like our, like in, it's actually in, like in England, you can have retail stores that all benefit Oxfam, for example. Right, right. And our laws here do not allow for that kind of a thing so easily. But I'm like, man, wouldn't it be wonderful if we could turn Nomia into a nonprofit thing where all of the proceeds go to, oh, I don't know. Comprehensive sexuality education, supporting Planned Parenthood, yeah. supporting organizations like Franny Peabody Center, yeah, yeah, supporting yeah. you all for the work you do. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, that's what I mean. Like, that right. would be a wonderful fantasy because not only do you have that resource in every community, but it's also expanding um, and supporting other organizations. The work we do here is really important, yeah. and I know that. And we have been first contact for a lot of people where I've had folks come back to me two years later and say, that visit here and the conversation we had actually changed the trajectory of my life. And to me, part of me is like, it was just a few moments with us. Mm -hmm. You're the one who did that work. Mm -hmm. But if we could serve as that kind of a touchstone or what this Mm. space can do and what I've seen it do, yay, more of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's put one in every town. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly. (laughs) It's really about love, intimacy, and connection. Yeah. And what are you saying yes to? Yeah. And so it's like that spillover in terms of positivity, I I have no doubt. It would be a wonderful thing to sort of have as a a legacy. I mean, even in Portland, like if this was it, I am blessed and honored. Yes to that. Yes to all of that. Oh, my goodness. This has been an incredible incredible conversation i wish i could just sit here for hours and hours and hours and <laughs> pick your brain but we have to let you go yes. it's been a pleasure thank you so much for joining us and we are going to sign off to our goslings now yeah this has been huge thank you so much thank this you so wonderful. much this has been oh. we'll be back we'll be back professionally in person. <laughs> uh, bye goslings bye we miss you hot goslings we love you <laughs>